0: hey everyone it's eric right here the host of the disco posse podcast we are back for a fun conversation and this conversation today is brought to you by veeam software com. Uh, veeam is a good friend of the show and the community i've been a long time supporter of the disco posse website and now the podcast as well. So we wanna give us uh, some love. If you're looking for business continuity, hyper availability, and continuous application and data availability, uh, Veeam's the place to go. So go to veeam.com, V-E-E-A-M.com. The conversation today is with Lior Komrat. Lior is a super cool individual, somebody who I've been lucky enough to work with uh, in community efforts. He joined us as a judge for the Virtual Design Master competition years ago uh, over the course of time. Uh, so go to virtualdesignmaster.io if you want to check out some stuff about that. But Lior is somebody who's been an architect, uh, a strong person in the community and really bringing people forward and, and elevating themselves. And he and I talk about the transition between where we began and where we are today in our career journey and how some stuff changes along the way, maybe the companies, maybe the names, and really also the difference between community and religion. It's a dangerous uh, dance sometimes when people get a little too bought in.
1: Hey, I'm your comrade, and we're listening to the Disco Posse Podcast.
0: You're listening to the Disco Posse Podcast. It's on. All right, welcome All to right. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> my my favorite way is the fact that we immediately launch into stuff. Uh, for folks that don't already know, Lior, uh, I, you've you've been a really good uh, friend, somebody who I've learned a ton from uh, both in technology. Uh, just and you've you've upped my game. You've introduced me to people. Uh, it's been a pleasure to, to know you, Lior, for a long time. So uh, for folks that don't already know you, how, what's the best way to find you online? And then uh, we're going to get into a fun conversation.
1: Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me, Eric. It's been, it's been a while since we talked lately. Um, I think the last time I saw you was uh, probably in one of the Bienwalds. Uh But uh, yeah, so uh, to find me, probably Twitter is the best way if you don't have my number. Um, uh, I didn't blog recently, but you know I'm pretty active on Twitter, so probably the best way. Um, yeah.
0: So the the cool thing about our industry and social networks and and the way that we can interact with people, yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, look at the in the time that if people are listening to this, you know, when it's launching, we're in the throes of of obviously one of the most difficult sort of pandemic yeah. potentials that we've seen in a long <laughs> time with coronavirus. Uh, and it's not that this is a a thing that will change the behaviors, but it reminds us that we actually have access to stuff that we didn't realize. Like we have digital access to people. And this is why, like I said, Lior, you and I, we've we've met in different places, different ways. Right. Uh, you actually, you know, we we talked about potentially trying to bring you in. We almost worked together. And then you, you've ever... They, they, this is an amazing world because we cannot necessarily talk for a long time but then we can yeah. immediately reconnect and pick it up and look you and i are we're over 30 let's just say <laughs> so we're we're at the point of our life where our dunbar number of 150 is is pretty right on and right. since you have like when you have thousands of twitter followers and a dunbar number of 150 people are going to be in and out of that sort of close range and you've always been Somebody who you know I can easily just like we could sit down and we could talk for three straight days, and yeah. then if i didn't see you for a year, we would just pick it up again as if like that like the, it's the next part of the conversation, which is kind of fun
1: the the amazing thing about that is that I have so many people like that it's not like you know um, as much as I love you and all um, i have some you know I have so many people that I can just you know not talk to for for so long, and all of a sudden we're like reconnecting like we met an hour ago, which is you know which is awesome and you know going back to the to the digital thing right and the fact that we're living in a you know in one of those most difficult times especially in, you know in tech when you know when you see conferences are being canceled or postponed like all over the place um i'm i'm actually you know taking this as you know kind of an opportunity one to remind myself that you know if i don't have distractions i can be so much productive um and two um I think it, you know, it kind of gives a way to um, to recollect your thoughts around stuff. Um, you know, conferences are, you know, as much as you, you know, love seeing all the people and, you know, it feels like, you know, every time you go into a conference that you really expect, um, it feels like a family reunion in some, you know, in some shape or form. But um, also it gives you, like when you're not going to those, to those things, it gives you a, I think it gives you a better perspective um, on industry. Um, as much as it sounds funny, you know, not going to a conference gives you a perspective, but actually, you know, if you're listening to the conference digitally, right, um, and you are able to filter all the stuff that are not important to you, I think you get more out of it. Um, so obviously not the ideal situation, but it's also an opportunity to look at stuff, so
0: it was it's a good point you bring up like and i i wrote about it one time i called it jomo the joy of missing out and it's cuz it's <laughs> we, we you and i are are among you know a lot of folks who go to a lot of conferences and even we've seen the types of conferences and the and the names of them shift over right. time and that's actually kind of what we're going to jump into in a second is but this thing of by being remote it gives you a beautiful like you said a, a way to filter what's actually important to you. Cause when you're in the noise of it, you, you pick up a lot more of the noise. And then it's just also when right. you're there, you're, you're, you're meeting people, your, your attentions are getting pulled in 20 different directions. Yeah. I often go there. I used to, when I would go there to blog, that would be it. Like I would nose down, you know, set up like live blog keynote and then hit publish and then that was it. Like I had, I'm like, I'm not going to check email. I will barely check Twitter because everybody's like connecting with you and DMing you, and it's you're so active that you're actually not paying attention.
1: Wouldn't you agree that you know probably your blogs would, would look differently if you would have done them without being in a conference um, instead of being in the conference? Like it's it's kind of funny because you know what I saw throughout the years is then when people blog about. A conference, when they weren't in the conference, the content was very, you know, was more laser focused. Um, I got more out of it. When they blogged from the conference, it was like I felt it was pretty flat. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it talks about the experience and, you know, some of the announcements and all that, blah, blah, blah. But still, you get a feeling of it's just a blog, um, you know, for the sake of blogging, not for the sake of the content. That's sometimes what I felt when I went through those stuff.
0: I think so. Yeah, you you nailed it. Because we've got this, when you're there, especially when you're at a table full of people, you're actually picking up on visual cues, you pick up on stuff that you're basically being influenced to what yeah. m- you now believe is important. But when you're remote, you've, you don't have any of that influence. So you are genuinely picking the things that matter to you. Right. And because you're a blogger, because you've, you know, like you and I, and, and a lot of folks, like, when you get the reason we write is because we write about things that matter to us and we tend to write about things or experience things that also matter to other people that's right. how we get into tech solutions and and solving problems like you generally are solving a thing that you know other people have you write about it and then you get a lot of people that read it and like all right cool so the yeah. same thing happens with information input so if i see a keynote if I sit there and I like watch everybody around me suddenly put their head down like oh I gotta write about that gotta write about that, versus if I sit back, I'll watch the right. two-hour keynote and pick the three things that actually matter, and the rest right. is noise.
1: <laughs> right. It's it's a lot of noise, a lot of destruction. So.
0: So th- this is something that I, I I you and I talked briefly about what we wanted to wanted to hit on or I so say I we I put it in a DM. I yeah. love the you know, you and I, we love the free form flow. So I figured this is going to be an easy one. Yeah. And also life is a free form and this is why it's important. And the, and why I wanted to call on you for this one. Yeah. If you go back 10 years and we say yeah. to ourselves, what's your dream job? It, it yeah. Inevitably I'll say mine, right? So 10 years ago, I was working for a financial services company, a systems architect, and my good friend, Angelo Luciani, who's co-founder of Virtual Design Master. Yeah. He was in the VMUG. We, we knew each other that way. And mm-hmm. we, we used to get together for lunch all the time. We both worked for financial services companies who talked to each other, and we both worked as systems folks inside those companies. But we would say, I wish that I was so, I in the Canadian markets, it's really difficult to get a job in a vendor because there were no, there was no VMware office except for like a, a GSS landing spot and a call center in Toronto, and it's not even in Toronto; it's like an hour out of Toronto. So, for me, that was it. I was like, "This is it." I was all about you know VMware because that was kind of the focus of my day. But the funny thing was, that was the point in time, and then. Yeah you know, got into other things and, and you and I met through, you know, virtual design master and VMware ecosystem and, right. and all that stuff. So 10 years yeah. ago, Lior, Yeah, what, uh, I your, thought, what I, was your yeah. dream job?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought about that question, you know, and, and I think it, it boils down to, to to two things. One, 10 years ago, it was all about VMware for me. Like I wanted, I wanted to work for VMware. I knew that like 10 years ago, uh, but it's not just that. I wanted to be the smartest guy in the room. That was my state of mind back then. Like ten years ago, when I was, you know, twenty-five, um, you know, I was starting my career. Um, it's, you know, it was the first tri- trimester of my career, right? Um, that's that's kind of what my state of mind was. Um, like, but now, like, this has shifted. Like, you know, one eighty. It's it's not even close. Um, my state of mind has changed so much, um, in the pace in the past ten years. Um, and there were so many events that um influenced me on you know getting into the state of mind that i'm currently at so yeah that you know that was kind of my dream job i thought that you know getting into vmware which was you know that was the mecca of it you know back then that 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 was it um you know i was i was going i was working for um for a company named better place uh you know we were we were ahead of our time, right? We did all this um, electrical, we were in the electrical cars business and, you know, all of that green energy. Um, and, you know, I was, a, I was in IT there and, you know, and I was, you know, one day my manager told me, you need to pick, is it going to be Citrix or is it going to be VMware? And I picked VMware um, and, you know, the rest is history. But, but that was it. Um, and yeah, if you would have asked me 10 years ago um hey you're going to be working for Microsoft and you're going to do this this and that no way i, I barely i barely <laughs> right. i i barely own the windows like a windows machine really i was starting with solaris like in i don't know ages ago so so yeah now this is but,
0: and this is what's interesting and so my own journey led to that you know my i i had a, Interesting life situation with you know where I lived and where I couldn't travel at the time. I had, I had yeah. other stuff that kind of led me to be pretty pretty much on the ground all the time. And and then all of a sudden life changed and I, I opportunities opened up. I actually went to look at an opportunity at, at Rackspace. Uh, my good friend Ken Hoy, uh, who was their evangelist, yeah. he had worked there, and so I was like, oh, that's it. Like I looked at as a person and as a role. Ken really like did a beautiful job of what I thought I could do because now I said all right I'm down with the techno marketing I'm blogging I I think I can do that and here's like this is it this was now the hey if I can't get into VMware and these folks will take me like dang all right I'm gonna go for this so I I went there and and as it were they were going through changes themselves um but it was a good experience and then all of a sudden I ended up at you know then VM Turbo now Turbonomic yeah and it was kind of funny that I was like, oh, wow, you know, I'm now working for a tech vendor. And then I, over time, things started to shift a bit further. I was doing more stuff with OpenStack. I was doing a ton of other stuff. And, you know, now I look at it and ironically enough, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll open it up here. Like, So my company is viewed as a major competitor right. for whatever reason to VMware. Like yeah. because of the platform that we have, is it doesn't it does a different thing within the VMware ecosystem and also to a lot of things, but the most problematic part I think is that the people who sell certain parts of the VMware ecosystem, like the management software, are getting upended <laughs> because yeah. you know of, of my product or something, so all of a sudden I'm like literally 10 years later and I probably couldn't get hired by VMware be- <laughs> because. Oh. It, and it's, we saw it with our friends that work at Nutanix yeah. and that in itself. So here's a, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm taking too much, but like, this is the groundwork I want to lay. Cause I know you're, you've got a really good story on a lot of your shift. A lot of people, so five years ago said I wouldn't work at Nutanix if you paid me a right. year. Right. Yeah. because Nutanix yeah. had gone through some really tough challenges in the way they approached competition. They're, they had problems with, you know, uh, with events, uh, you know, we, we whatever the, the name of it, what it was, it was know um, Ferris wheel gate or whatever it was like. So they, they had, they had stuff, they made very poor decisions in the way that they approached the business and marketing and things. And they learned from those things. So all of a sudden, five years later, I know like 40 people that work in Nutanix. And they're like, oh, it's a different company right now. I'm like, wow, well, I see. But if I pulled a quote from you five years ago, you just said, I hope you die in a fire. Like there was such an, a visceral anger to the way that it was. And so now that was my sort of twist. It's like, you know, I'm literally having to help my sales teams like learn how to navigate without saying, I hope you die in a fire. Like how do we, how do, we do good things for the whole community? And yeah, I, and I, change the logo we work for along the way. And this, so, Lear, you are the reason why I wanted to have this amazing conversation with you is because you you did so much stuff in the VMware ecosystem. You do so much stuff to share with other people, and your commitment and your contributions transcend the logo that's on your business card. Yeah, and I mean, it's hard to find people that can do that.
1: The, the way the way I like to, the way I like to look at that is that you know i look today i uh, you know how you sometimes think about hey you know the toys that we used to play when we were kids it's not the same today like today things are more sophisticated and you know you know my kids will never understand you know the you know the toys that i play with the way i like to do that is that you know to me vmware you know that's you know that's where i started um honestly that's you know that's kind of was that was my core um and uh, and and but but today I'm looking at it as, hey, you know, this is the toy company that, you know, I used to love all their toys and, you know, but I reached to a point that, you know, I'm interested in other stuff other than, you know, these toys. Um, and I started looking at other toys, right? And I fell in love in those toys. Um, and the way, you know, things are happening, you know, with, with what you mentioned, right, with the industry and, you know, um, I wish you I wish you will burn, right? If you're working for a competitor or something like that. To me, you know, one, I never had the energy uh to really be part of that discussion. I find it honestly, I find it kind of lame. I find it pretty, you know, boring. Um it's not it's not interesting enough. There's no I don't get any value. It's like eating curves, right? It's not
0: it's <laughs> it's too easy. Like it's just it's easy for someone to pick a thing and just like lash out because right. they know that they're safe in doing it at the moment and right. that's 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 lazy to me i
1: will yeah. i will res- I will say i would say that you know i respect if you are actually giving high valuable content that actually means something right without all the drama i i i 100 percent not that and i respect that i totally do but uh, i guess that you know it's a it's a mix and a combination of ego and you know a bunch of other stuff that you know, probably I'm not smart enough to understand, but um, you know, it is what it is. I'm trying to, you know, for me, the way that you know I moved on is just really start focusing on art of technology and look at that from hey, you know, I'm I'm playing with this toy. Let me let me share with you what you can do with that. Right? That's kind of and it wasn't for the sake of um of popularity, it was literally you know, the kid in me that wanted to share what is it that I'm playing with, right? And hey, you know, look at what you can do with it.
0: Yeah, you're legitimately excited about something. And this is, this is what we, and, and it's just a different thing than we were excited about x years ago or months ago right it's right. but it's so funny that there are these sort of allegiances of like well how can you be excited about that and like oh we did that first and like this is why this it's boring it's just uh, honestly exactly it's just boring
1: i know it's just boring it's not i mean i i feel that you know when i'm looking at those things even the four seconds that i'm looking at something it you know i feel bad about myself i feel that You know, I just ate something that I'm not supposed to eat. (laughs) You know, it's that's that's how it feels, honestly. And, you know, those are seconds that I could invest in something else, Um, you know? So, yeah, the way right now what I'm doing is that, you know, when I'm taking a break, right, because especially, you know, these days when you're working from home, right, and um, again, I'm working harder from home than I do in the office uh, because here I'm being more productive. Um, and there 's not a lot of distractions, so what i 'm doing when i 'm taking breaks breaks and i 'm looking at social media and all these blah 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 i 'm literally picking one subject and i 'm shutting everything down that's you know that 's kind of what i'm doing right now so
0: yeah this is the 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 interesting challenge of of being outside of it, and just like we talked about with remote at an event yeah and the way that you describe it, I think this is a beautiful like this tells us what, how our mindset works and, and why I believe it's very positive. Yeah. If you're in the noise, you're living the politics. If you're surrounded by the politics, you begin to react to it. Yeah. Not to the news, but to the politics around the news and yeah. the community and the IT ecosystem. What I always tell people is like, be excited about what you do. Love what you do. Be proud of it. Yeah. No, no matter what the logo is, if you're proud of it, then right. people it will transcend the logo, and because right. we're we're going to work for different companies over the course of our career, and some people they do that whole thing. Like I, I bleed my company's, you know, logo color, you know, whatever right. it is, right? Like, true, a hundred percent. I love that, but yeah. just imagine for a moment that your company gets bought, right. Or, going, or, you, or you get
1: fired. Or you get fired. You know. Right. You know it can happen. Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, when I moved, you know, when I moved to the states and I took the role inside uh, product management and engineering in Microsoft um, in Azure. Um, you know, to me, it was kind of a foot in the door, right? I, I honestly, I didn't, I wasn't being super passionate about you know the things that I you know the things that I do when I when I moved. Like right? I was still you know, part of the VMware ecosystem, but it felt funny because I didn't feel belong anymore. Um, Not because, you know, people told me, hey, you know, you're, you know, you're not welcome or something like that. No one can tell you that. But it was something that inside me that I felt that, you know, I I already moved on. I mean, this is, you know, this is, it doesn't feel right. Um, And so I just decided, you know, okay, you know, and sometimes you just need to fake it to make it really, I mean, it's, it's, you know, when you're starting with a new company um, or, you know, you've been with a company for, for a while and you're switching roles, um, not every, you know, not every role will seem like the dream job, right? But, but sometimes it takes time to kind of flush the benefits of, of a new role or, you know, the so-called dream job. Um, I had numerous um, occasions when you know that was my case. Um, so yeah, I mean it's like that
0: and I think the it's funny when you said like we we move on and everybody will, and even in, in if you stay at the same company for thirty years, you will move on from products, from functional right. roles, from the way that you approach things, you'll learn uh, it, and I if you don't adapt. If you, if you see this thing as like everybody, you know, everybody's outside of the club now or whatever, it creates this really, it's so anti-community, number one. And also it's, it feels like that you know, at least as maybe it's a, a North American thing, but you, you may know It's the idea that you see a guy who's forty with a high school football jacket on, and you're like, "Dude, it's <laughs> it's over." Like, I I'm, I know you're proud, but like, yeah, what 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 should you wear now that you're proud of today? I know right. you're proud of that part of your career, but what happens if that if that goes away? If you lose that jacket, right. what defines right. you? And I right, think then, that's that's what it yeah. is, right?
1: Yeah, and I think you nailed that. It. It's really all about self-definition and what is it that defines you not um you know not when comparing to other people or in front of other people really to yourself this is honestly this is a time and i had a very honest conversation with a friend from you know from the community uh, a few days ago and um this is this is literally a time of do or die right not being dramatic about it but this is literally a time of do or die when it comes to self-definition and what keeps you relevant not just for the community or the industry, to yourself, really. I mean, you know, when you're waking up in the morning and you're doing things that other people uh, don't really care about, it will automatically reflect um, on you, and you will start feeling that you don't care about it, right? But if you're gonna stick in that situation, if you know, if not going you're not gonna move on and accept the fact that, all right, these, you know, these toys are not for me anymore. I'm a grown-up. I cannot play with this Power Ranger thing, right? I need to, you know, I need to move on if the, you know, the moment you accept that, I think that's the first phase of um, self-defining and, you know, or or reinvent yourself. Uh, it's, it's, we are living in a time that this is so crucial. It's important. Um, things are changing in a rapid pace. Um, and, you know, if you compare it to, you know, 20 years ago or 10 years ago, uh, this is like, this it's it's not even comparable honestly it's very different especially you know i'm looking at it from obviously from the microsoft angle, right because i'm in the midst of this you know public cloud multi-platform oh, you know no, oh, notion exactly. and you know and all these buzzwords that are flying around but if you are cleaning all the noise right and you're really thinking about what is happening you know you under like it's pretty easy to understand if you are relevant or not, um, so yeah, I mean,
0: and the other thing that's neat, and and I I'm gonna say this so I separate you from what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is because I uh, yeah, I know you and I can have bold conversations. The we look at so the Jedi contract. This is my my outside view, right? So yeah. the Jedi contract gets won by one cloud provider. Look, right. it doesn't matter who it is the other <laughs> one comes out and says naughty naughty like i yeah. think that there was some shenanigans going on <laughs> right. and so everybody should be very proud of winning this contract regardless of what the what the logo is right then if they lose that contract for whatever reason to the other person what's the way that people react to that is right. more important than Getting it in the first place it 's the fact yeah. that it 's going to be the way that you point at at the the person you don 't like when they fall and you right. you know the nelson from simpson 's thing right if that's <laughs> if that 's the way that you believe you 've raised yourself up yeah then i'm i 'm afraid i don 't think that we can be friends right so and <laughs> so and the public cloud provider's going to go through this like everybody should be proud and wherever the legal decision goes on stuff like that that's obviously yeah. a huge big ticket item and, and like i said i yeah. i wanted to be careful that you were, that's me talking uh no, you
1: know. no no it's and and you know it's all good and what what you know what i would say and i think the the most important word that you said in those couple of sentences is the word proud i would say that i would say that um you know if you would have asked me um a few years ago um are you proud of your job? I would probably say yes, right? But what I realized, um, you know, as I grow older, you know, and I keep advancing in the things that I'm doing, right? And I've been, you know, with Microsoft for, you know, this is the longest that I worked for, you know, for a company. Um, If, you know, if you ask me today, are you proud of what you're doing? Um, I would say 100% yes, and I will actually believe in that. Um, and I think that's the main, you know, that's the main difference. And it's really about being honest with yourself and ask yourself, Am I proud? Am I, you know, am I proud of myself? Forget about the company, forget about the stock, forget about, you know, all these things, right? But am I proud of what I'm doing? Um, Do I fulfill my own values? Is it something that you know, I don't, you know, is it something that I don't like about myself, right? And I'm not gonna lie, there are some, you know, I experienced some hard challenges in the past two years, uh, but, you know, when you're overcoming those things, um, I think really sounds like a cliche, it makes you a lot more, you know, really it gives you different perspective, especially for people like you and I, that kind of, you know, we used to, like, we worked our way throughout the community and the VMware stuff and, you know, other things and you're working for a comp, you know, for the competition. I work for, you know, I, I have no idea what is the relationship there. Right. Honestly. Yeah. You know, that's Mi- an interesting
0: v- one, right? It's yeah, like VMware v- v-
1: Microsoft is like the worst, you know, the worst, best enemies. It's like, it's, it's super, it's super weird. It's just funky. So yeah, I mean,
0: uh, the the thing that we need to do is not just be proud of where we are, but also to be proud of how we got here. And I think that's another thing that right. people often lose track of, or they lose the right. sense of importance that of in being proud. Uh, look, am I? Do I look back? Let's just say. So, if somebody worked for you know Nutanix when they went through that that time, mm-hmm. right, a difficult time with a public face, right? Should should they not be proud of the fact that they work for a company that people are suddenly now proud about? No. Yeah, of course they should, right? They should be always proud. Look, they, everything will happen. If you lose your job and you suddenly, and you have to do something that's way outside of your comfort zone, you you have to mow lawns. You have to go get a job driving for Uber. Right. Right be proud of that right like don't be ashamed of cuz when when you get through it to the next thing as well especially it should never be like oh you know i did something i wasn't proud of to get to what i'm proud of you're like cool. no i did i'm very should be very proud of that i did whatever it took to get stuff done i i did what i needed to do to make sure that yeah. my family got fed yeah, you know, yeah, it's, definitely it's, you're goddamn right. I'm proud of that. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. One hundred percent. You know, it's it's, you know, the road to get there is uh, is is very important, especially if you're one of these people that needs to scratch and fight for everything they, you know, they're getting. It's not, you know, if you're really into the uh, into the depth of the technology, uh, it takes a lot of time to get to a point that you are being someone that. You know, open his mouth and people are listening. If that's something that is important to you, right? But even to, you know, towards your team, right? If you're you know inside the team, I worked in a team of um, you know, uh, it's me and ten other architects, right? Um, you know, if you're opening your mouth and you know people can adhere to what you're saying, right? If you know, and it's not just me; we're all very, you know, talented, you know, architects and all that. If you know, if If you are projecting the fact that you're proud of what you're doing, people will also listen. um, You know, because they know you're not gonna bullshit anyone, right? It's it's you're being very legit about things. Um, I I have so many conversations around those stuff with you know internal people or you know people outside of Microsoft, right? I have friends in in Amazon, Facebook, Google, VMware, you name it, and you know it's it's interesting to see that ecosystem being jelloed.
0: Yeah, there's there's two things that I've most picked up through community interactions that I'm so incredibly thankful for. One mm-hmm. is that it taught me that I, I can have an important voice when I didn't necessarily know, like you said, I didn't necessarily speak with that confidence of like, yeah. I I I believe in what I'm saying. It was more like, is this a good idea? You know, like <laughs> you'd you'd kind of like float it and lay, look for people's reactions. So I I know now right. to I've it, to be bold. And what's more important is that I've learned how many folks that I can help to give them that strength of voice. Right. Because we're surrounded by incredibly smart people, who don't necessarily have that that confidence yet. And it's, it's really cool to be able to be with them and said, Hey, you know, say that a little louder next time. Cause you really can get some people doing some neat stuff with that. It's that, I think that's the most profound part of it. And, and it comes back to like, it's not just out in, like you said, public speaking or writing or whatever it is. It's just go back to your team and to be, to, to go to your team. I, when I do mentoring, on, you know, sometimes it's about people doing public speaking and presentations, that's obviously mm-hmm. a, a hot topic. And right. I said, I'm going to teach you how to do something for one to five people. And yeah. then the same thing that's applies good. to 500. So but <laughs> the hardest part is to do it to the one to five, because they're the ones that you're the most concerned about the feedback. You're, yeah. the, you're They're literally your peers. And you feel the immediate effect. Like if I say something to a, a room of architects, they're they are going to very much judge the outcome. And I work with them every day, so yeah. I can't escape it. Yeah. If you give yeah. a talk and it maybe something doesn't doesn't a joke doesn't fly or a, a technology <laughs> that you talk about doesn't isn't necessarily maybe you you say something slightly incorrect or they don't like the flow of the demo, they it doesn't really in the end it doesn't really matter. They only know you for that hour and out of the 500 people you're demoing to five of them are the people that you're going to maybe carry on a relationship with <laughs> so yeah. but if you're only going to five people you're gonna have a pretty high hit rate
1: <laughs> yeah i think i think you know when you know when it comes to public speaking the way the way i look at that it, it's you know tech public speakers are like uh, not funny stand-up comedians um right and they you know they you know, some of them are more talented on stage, some are less. You know, and it's all good. But you know, they need to speak and they need to back up what they're saying by facts. Unlike stand-up comedians, that most of the time are just inventing shit. You know, to, that's, to, yeah, to, they get a little know,
0: make, bit more leeway. They are just going right, to say something you know, funny. Doesn't have to be right. factual. It just right, has to be right,
1: funny. You know, that's their job, and they're being awesome. You know, with that. But but, I mean, I find it, I find it super interesting to you know to to see. Public speakers that are into it for the, um, you know, into it for the uh, uh, for the horror around that, right? For the, you know, just for the sake of hey, I'm a public speaker. But when it comes to the real feedback, right? The those those burning arrows that are coming at your way, you're probably going to get the best arrows internally and not externally. Uh, that's that's my opinion um, because uh, usually you know, when you're talking to 500 people, um, the percentage of people that's going to be cynic in the audience uh, is way higher than the people that are in your core team or your core group, right? When you have like 10, 20 or 30 people that are really into what you're saying, this is where you're going to get the best value out of. That's at least my honest opinion. So.
0: Yeah, and, and they also, they have a vested interest in your success because they work with you. Like they, right. and, and and it's... Although it's funny that most people, when, when you're doing technical public speaking and presentations and demos right. and stuff, the people that are in the audience are also dominantly proud of you being there because in a way right. they're kind of like, I want this person to succeed because first of all, I'm spending an hour listening to them, so I don't want right. to, that to be wasted. Right. But they, and then every once in a while, just like a good comedian, if something goes flat. From that point forward, they're like, "I hope this guy burns oh. up there." <laughs> I, I can't. I can I'm, I'm waiting for this guy to get a one-star rating because there's no right. zero-star option. You know,
1: we're we're such assholes. You know, this is like this is a <laughs> this is interesting of assholes really because it's like we're we're so not un we're we're not unforgiving people like for be going flat or demo not you know, working out or, I don't know, saying something that, you know, this checkbox or that, like, it's just funny to me. Um, you
0: know, I so. had one thing that was, I, I, I described it to somebody as keynote splaining. I, I got <laughs> keynote splained one time cause I was saying something and it was about, um, it was talking about the origin of, I was doing a, a thing on Docker and like how, why, why we would containerize versus virtual machines and what's right. the value. And it was, it was funny because I was telling him and I said that really kind of comes obviously, you know, a lot of it comes from Linux and that's really where the core and, and a lot of the foundations were built. Right. And mm-hmm. then I've got some, and I go on Twitter later on and all I see is worse than being keynote explained. and like, Hey, actually, you know, at Disco Posse, what it, it actually was further back. It was Solaris, it was jails, whatever. I'm like, right. That would be, that would be one thing, but no, it was this like passive aggressive, <laughs> this separate thread going on. And I'm like, y- you know, I can, I can read your stuff, right? It's <laughs> like, this is horrible. Like, why, why do you, like, just say at me, like lay I it out. I'd, st- I'd be happy to be corrected.
1: We're just being assholes really. But, you know, I think it's part of the magic of this industry because if you know how to utilize it and leverage it in a way that will make you feel better, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, effort. It. Uh, it's, it's not, it's just not worth it, honestly. It's it's just not worth it. Um, and what I, you know, what I came to realize about myself is, you know, throughout the years is that, um, you know, when I'm doing a public speaking, right, if you know, if I'm coming with something, I will try my best to not take myself seriously, uh, and I think this is how I get the best content out of myself, uh, because uh, it sometimes it feels that. You know, you want to scream, "Hey, I'm one of you! Come on! I mean, I'm just one of you. I mean, that the fact that I'm, you know, standing here and talking to you about, about things that would have been different if we would have sat in a meeting room and talked about that. What what will be the difference, right? There's nothing, nothing, right? So, uh, I mean, uh, my best advice will be just not take yourself seriously and really just kind of make a presentation that will be funny to you hope it will be funny to others get the content right you know stay with stay with the facts and just move on you know and just don't hold on that so
0: i think that's the the most important thing is is being able to let go of caring right. about the feedback right. like obviously take feedback and, and I tell people often, it's it's sort of this like, it's kind of a stoic approach to things. And I, I call it sort of shaving off the edges of, you know, take off the highs and lows. There's a great book called The Four Agreements. And one mm-hmm. of the, the four agreements talks about it says, don't take it personally. And it said, mm-hmm. so well, people say, like somebody says, you know, Leor, I really, uh, you know, I, I thought your presentation was kind of flat. Your joke's yeah, <laughs> a little bit offensive. You know, whatever they're going to say, right? Like, a, they're like, ah, I wouldn't have a, it it like be, would have said it that way. Whatever it's going to be, they'll say something.
1: Me. I'm saying it's, it sounds <laughs> yeah, like something that someone would have told me. <laughs> Your joke's it's a little, little little close it's, to home, right? <laughs> it's, 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 it sounds it sounds about right.
0: <laughs> but it's, so you'll get that, and in a way, you have to kind of like like accept, like acknowledge it, but don't don't be affected by it. Right. And at the same time, you also have to do the same thing when somebody heaps praise. So someone says that was amazing, and man, I, I wish I could do be like you. I whatever whatever the thing is, where you also have to take that edge off. And I say the reason is because we, you, any any human suffers from not necessarily all I want say depression, but like the feeling of loss of mood. Right because of a change in the amplitude of their mood so if you were at an incredible high and you're living on the high and you go to normal you feel like you've lost something Uh, and so (laughs) in the same way that if you if you have an incredible low it's really difficult to recover from it so i tell people like ignore the lows and be careful about the high, you know
1: because... you know when i when I started you know when I started to do public speaking as part of me being a Microsoft employee, I felt so dumb. I felt like I'm probably the stupidest guy in the room, like I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm faking it until I make it, right? because I came from you know a very different you know very different approach or different technology, right? And you know, five years ago, who the hell knew what you know what public cloud is all about, right? so so I mean, To me, you know, this evolution um, and it, you know, it boils down to um, it's, you know, I accepted the fact that I'm probably not the smartest guy in the room, which goes back to what I said about 10 years ago. You know, I wanted to be the smartest guy in the room. Then I realized is that it's just not important to be the smartest guy in the room. It's just not important because, you know, um, eventually you will be in those, you know, in those sessions or in those, um, you know, conferences or you're gonna stand on stage where you're gonna feel uh, that you know more than other, but um, instead of feeling, hey, you know, I'm smarter than you guys, you're gonna feel that, hey, you know, let me share with you what I'm playing with. Uh, It it really all comes down to this. And I think this is the evolution that, you know, going back and looking back 10 years ago and, you know, what the the state of mind that I'm, at right now this is you know this is where i'm at and i'm always learning right uh, but and there's always always room for improvement but that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at
0: well it's there's a humility that's important to everything i oh, yeah. do, and it's and at the same time i think i i'm also very i recognize and i always acknowledge that hey like you i kind of When I first started out, you wanted to be the one that people like, man, that's a smart dude, you know, and and I realize now I'm like, I I, obviously I enjoy, you know, being recognized for for a good quality that I may have. But I also know that, like, I don't crave it the way that those early days were. It was more a little there was a little more of like. Oh, yeah. You know, look at this. I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to going to make those people go, hey, you know, I really I really like this this person. Now I care a lot less about the feedback and much more about am I proud of what I what I said and how I helped other people in by what I said. Right. And, I, and, and I, it's, instead of just helping me <laughs> to yeah. feel like I was the smart person. You know, when we did the, uh,
1: when we did the visual design master with, it was being uh, and Rebecca and uh, Byron, uh, the judges, right? When, you know, when we were having the internal conversations on, um, you know, reading through the designs and, you know, kind of come coming up with questions and, you know, all the fun that we had there, um, you know, when, when me and Rebecca or me and Byron talked, I constantly thought about, um, hey, you know, these are people that are, one, I have tons of respect uh, to. Two, um, I can get so much out of them um, in terms of knowledge and the way that they're approaching problems. But then when we started talking with the, you know, with the, with the candidates and the contestants, right, um, I literally felt that this is, this is awesome. This is, like, this is like knowledge mining one-on-one, um, bi-directional. Um, and it just felt great. Honestly, it felt great. I wish, I wish I would have had the opportunity to do more like those um, because this is, this was awesome. And I think it goes to the, uh, you know, this humbleism approach that you were mentioning, right? That you really, if if you ask me, what is the, what is the best muscle you can work on? You know, this is probably going to be it. um And this is something that I'm trying to do. It's hard. I won't lie. It's hard. It's, you know, this is an industry that uh, puts you You know in tests literally every day every hour um, and it's It's just the way it is, but this is what I'm trying to work on today um, You know, and it's got nothing to do with tech. It's got to do with personal stuff
0: Yeah. And this is what's interesting. even the way that I've approached this podcast, it began as like, Hey, I, I know a bunch of really smart people and I'm going to like, kind of pull on the smart thing that they have in tech and share that technology story. But my hope was always like the way that I would try to do it is like, well, now that we got that tech thing out of the way, like, Hey, like, let's just ask, like throw in like a quick personal thing. Like what's the, and it would even be like these, sort of like Tim Ferriss, you know, style or whatever the like questions are mm-hmm. like great interviewers that, that do this stuff, like say, like, what's the, what's the most, the worst thing that's ever happened to you that yeah. you're the most thankful for. And it's like one of these sort of very pensive things and people have to pause. And I would even say like, what's your, what's your book list, right? What's the, what are the top three books that you've had? And then I adjusted that to what's the book that you've reread recently that you haven't read for a long time and why did you do that? And actually, i gonna I'll lay that out there right now. That's because I know you're you study a lot. What what's a thing that you suddenly picked up again or, or revisited, and and what made you do that?
1: Yeah, um, I read the I read the Unicorn Project twice. Um, um, you know, lately. Um, the reason I read it twice is that first time I was uh, you know I felt that uh, I read it, but I don't remember anything. Like I felt a bit distracted. Um, and then I went and read it uh, for the second time. Um, and uh, you know, to me, it wasn't, it was one of these books that I'm, it's about, you know, it's about the industry, it's about the tech, but if you, but if you know how to address the people aspect of that, I totally relate to what, you know, uh um, what, you know, what is saying there. So. That's the reason I read it twice uh, just because i i leave it on a daily basis um really um so that was kind of probably one of the one of the funniest and you know um i would say i got a lot from that book um i usually don't get you know i i usually you know when i'm, I'm i when i'm reading a lot of when i'm reading books right i usually don't get you know i'm not quoting books i'm not you know, recommending books. It's not its not my style because I don't know, I need to think about these things. Um, and it's hard for me to recommend something that uh, was relevant to me, but I have no idea if it's gonna be relevant to someone else. And I do believe that, you know, if I do believe that if you need to find that book, you will find it, <laughs> really. I know it's kind of, it sounds funny, but I, I usually don't recommend books. Um, it's not my style. Um, so.
0: It's very interesting that you say that, yeah. And it's and it, this is it's also the funny thing of as like as I moved into into like longer form discussions and what we do here and and yeah, like you said, it's 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 there's a lot of what we do is very introspective, like technologists are generally introverted in a way, and and I'll say that I don't know, but you but I, I'm a, I'm a professional extrovert. Like I, I do it as a job. Yeah. But look, if it all comes down to it, my favorite thing to do is to get on a bike for five hours and not, not talk to a single person. (laughs) It's the most amazing feeling because it's like, I have no, I don't have to sound good. I don't have to be funny. I don't have to be smart. Like I, I, and even when I go to a conference, I really, really struggle Mm-hmm. With how much interaction there is, I love it. Love it. It's amazing because <laughs> I learn so much. Like yeah. you, I meet so many friends, and it's, it's it's like a big family reunion, like you said. And, right. But then at the end, I'm like, Ugh. I literally have to like walk away. I always stay at a hotel that's farther away, and people say like, Oh, is it because that's your chain of preference? I'm like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, it's because I legitimately need to get out of here, or I'm going to have an anxiety attack. Uh, that's <laughs> the real reason. So, in in a lot of folks in tech, same kind of thing. I think it's like, like you said, you probably read things that a lot of us read, but you also recognize like, hey, I don't know. Like you've actually got more empathy in the way you described that than, than you probably even give yourself credit for, that you actually probably have so much to share. And it, it, the funny thing is that we all naturally have to like, uh, you know, I think I'll just keep this to myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, you know, to me, To me, the kick, right? Like you said, you know, five hours, get on a bike. To me, it's, uh, you know, surprising or not as it is. You know, to me, it's really um, um, there are two things. One, one, you know, playing with my dog. Just, you know, just, just do that. Really, then nothing outside of that. And two, when I'm working on something personal, like a technical, like a technical problem, and usually, usually those are the personal projects. That I'm working on because I, you know, I'm not a handyman. I can barely, you know, hang a shelf. But, but to me, when I'm working on something that is technical, right, um, and when I'm figuring things out, and I really get this feeling of, I just nailed it with myself. Um, and also when, you know, when I'm unable to sleep and wake up in 4 a.m. thinking about something, to me that's, you know, that's my addiction. Um, honestly, that's part of my core. Um, Um, So, uh, you know, and it's not even, you know, it doesn't have to be, most of the times it's it's about pet projects that I'm doing, not about things that I'm encountering at work. It's about pet projects or something that is personal that I wanna nail. Um, And the third thing will be that if I'm, you know, if I went to a meetup or if I went to some sort of a conference, right? And I was in a, um, you know, in a situation that I, didn't understand jack shit about what they're saying. Um, I, I honestly, it's like it's like addiction. I would go and and read the crap out of this thing. Like I would, I would literally sit for days, close the door, and start understanding what the hell they were talking about. A lot of the time, I will still struggle, but the times that I'm not, and the times that I'm really able to understand deeply what is it that we're talking about here? This is my kick. This is where I'm, you know, when I feel best.
0: So it's funny the amount of people that are listening right now they are gonna be like, oh man, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Because there's <laughs> two Number one, you there's there's a uh there's a passion in the things like and it, like you said, it doesn't need to be a, a massive like I, I've done the most incredible things sometimes for work. And yet I'm yeah. the most proud of like, check this out. I wrote this crazy PowerShell script and look what it does. Like, holy mm-hmm. crap. I like, I poured over this for like 10 hours and I finally got to work. And it's just like parsing a CSV file and pulling out it. Like it's the goofiest little thing, but you're like, right. you want to like, I, I check this out. Like you want to show it to right. somebody and and right. share that. And then, like you said, the other thing is the, I love chasing uncomfortable learning experiences where you're like, Oh yeah,
1: I learned to, I I really learned to love it. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, for people, you know, that don't like beer or don't like scotch or don't like something. And you tell them, Hey, you know, it's an acquired taste. You need to wait a second, right? Just wait. Right. And then you finally understand that this knowledge mining, right. And the fact that you embrace uh, the suck, right. You embrace the fact that you're probably not the smartest guy in the room. You're probably the dumbest guy in the room. Um if you embrace it and and leverage that to um start like this food or beer that you don't like, <laughs> that feeling is is that feeling worth everything um to me um so yeah um
0: and and I think it it really goes back to what I think we was the the crux of everything we've talked about. It is a matter of finding the thing that makes you proud of what you do. Right. And it, whatever it is. And like you said, when you even the way you described like playing with your dog. And it's not just like you said, like playing, I want to play with my dog and nothing else. Like, like that's just just do it. Just be like you're right. you just wanna be in that fully in involved in that experience in right. that moment. And and right. sometimes that means you know, you and sometimes that's the carrot at the end of the stick. You're like, look, this is. I'm in a brutal meeting. I'm I really. You're like, you've got an uncomfortable situation. We've got to do difficult, boring stuff, or just like difficult conversations. You got to have, right. and all of a sudden, you just know, like, all right, I can set that thing to look forward to, and and just like in in our tech community, even though the thing that you're experiencing right now. Is maybe difficult, maybe boring, maybe whatever. The people that you're surrounded by can help you towards that experience, and and yeah. I think that's the thing to tap into. It'll look, yeah, like you I... said, virtual design master was great because I learned a lot of tech, and so much. So it was disturbing how much I learned because <laughs> I because I was the idiot that I I created these. You know, M- Melissa would create these incredible scenarios, and then right. when it came to the practical, like the the final one. I designed the 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 most horrifying scenarios <laughs> but then I had to do them because I right. had to prove like I can't just like make it impossible I was like I have to make it right. so do so I'd have to do the stuff going wow this really this is really hard right <laughs> but right. then I knew no, it was doable it, it was epic.
1: No, it was it, it was epic season I I just want to say that you know going to the uh I think one of the skills that um especially in the industry that we are at um the ability to detach and reattach yourself to something is critical um if you're gonna you know think that you're gonna nail something if you're gonna sit for 10 hours um you're doing it wrong um it's it's just wrong um so this ability to detach and come back to the problem that you're facing um i honestly think that there's no better way of doing that you know, by doing something that it's got nothing to do with what you're, you know, with the tech that you're involved in. This is why I mentioned you mentioned the bike thing. I mentioned the dog, right? And everyone has their own kind of way of detaching. But if you don't have that muscle, um, you need to go to the tech gym and and that's right. Yes, yeah, start and start working on that.
0: It's even as simple as I used to like just like get up and like I just got, I got to go do a lap. I would just like walk around the office. Right. At one office I worked in, it was literally like there's like four doors. It was like an octagon-shaped office, and <laughs> so I'd have to go through these four like sets of double doors. And right. like you knew you were just gonna be gone for like three and a half minutes, but like it was enough. Like sometimes even just the fact that I left my desk, I was like, ah. Oh, <laughs> I, I got something. And then you'd like, you'd run. <laughs> like, I, I know, think I, I got know. something.
1: I know. And that and that feeling is, you know, that feeling is so great.
0: That's why they say, like, we, you, you think of things in the shower because you're so, you're so detached from anything because right. you can't right. bring your laptop into the shower. You can't bring your podcast into the shower. You can't, you literally are, you, all you're concentrating on is cleaning yourself up in the yeah. same way. And all of a sudden you're like, it just unlocks your brain and you're right. like, aha. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. Well, Lear, yeah. thank you, man. This is I it's such a, a good lesson for folks that have listened in and, and they want to think about, you know, what what was important today is, is is important today. It will be important in memory, but the yeah. most important thing is just enjoy the moment find a way to enjoy a moment that gets you through a tough moment and be proud of what you do every day. And I think if anybody just, just takes that and they, at the end of the day or at the start of the day, just say like, what am I proud of that I did today? Right. It's, it's, it's a good reflective thing to do. And, and I think it helps a lot with, like you said, we, there's tough moments we go through. And I, yeah. I always say like, even the hardest thing, I'd sort of joke about this. I I, I used a lot often in, in, when I talk to people, I said like, look, we're I build amazing things and we survived this data center outage and all this stuff, we we did all these crazy things. And I said, but then I go to wait for my plane and no one says, uh, Systems Architects, if you want to load, we're pre-boarding for Systems Architects because <laughs> they thank you for your service. Like, no, like I'm not, the stuff I do, no matter how important it is, it's actually not important at all. Like no one says, thank you for your service. You know, like <laughs> it's right. it is just like, I did a thing and I'm proud of the thing. Right. That's you need to, and that's, and
1: that's exactly what I said. You know, one, you don't have to take yourself so seriously. One, put things in the right perspective, right? You're, you know, you're no different than other people. It's not, you know, you're, you're not saving life. At least, you know, most of us are not saving life. Um, right. So, uh, or not directly saving lives, but, but yeah, it's really, you know, it's really all about that. Um, you know, keep fighting the fight.
0: Yeah. And actually I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna close with this one because mm-hmm. I actually talked with somebody recently and, and I, I've started to do this much more and I'll say like, Hey, what, what so what do you do? You know? And they're like, Oh, I, I work on the windows sport team. You're like, Oh, cool. So, but, but what do you, what do you do? And like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, I, I, I make sure that systems are up and I design the templates and build whatever. I'm like, well, what, what does your company do? Like, Oh, well uh, we work for, you know, I'll pick the example as I, uh, folks are talking to a company that does cochlear implants. Right. And I said, Oh, that's that's really cool. So, but so what? So they design it and then they 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 get them out to people and they said, yeah, yeah. So, the to that and just so, like it's pretty amazing, right? Like you're like they're literally a, like you watch the video of like a two-year-old, you know, girl right. hearing her mother's voice for the first time and just yeah. like you literally you you can't watch it without like I'm not crying, you're crying. Like you like you're really involved in in the outcome. And then I said like, you know that. That's actually what you do, right? And this guy yeah. sort of stops. And I said, like, you you make that happen. I said, even though it seems mundane sometimes, we actually all do something pretty amazing. I said, so yeah. just look for that thing. It's out there.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely, 100%. And thanks for I, doing all the things you're doing for the community. I think that talking about, you know, doing, you know, uh, you know, doing something for someone else. I think those, you know, those podcasts and public speaking and all of that, you know, eventually, if you get to one, two, five persons, right, and you're influencing the way, you know, if their day looked like crap and now it looks a bit better, I think, you know, it's kind of worth it. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Keep fighting the fight.
0: Thank you, sir, and and yeah. and again, thank you for doing the same. This is, this is why we do what we do, and and uh, so again, for folks that want to follow, we'll have a link to Leor's uh, Twitter handle. Uh, you are both an informative and a a comical follow. I really enjoy. <laughs> Uh, you, you, you've got a beautiful, a beautiful, you know, sharp wit, uh, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's refreshing. It's also what I remind people to do like, Hey, if you're in tech and you're on social, don't just talk about tech, say something funny once in a while, like just be, yeah, it is, it's kind of I, be yourself.
1: <laughs> I, I want to repeat my last tweet for, for the audience, right? If you're doing a presentation, right? Please, before doing a screenshot of your deck, remove the red line of the auto spelling. Please, I, people.
0: Come I legitimately on. laughed when I read that because I was do like, you dad, don't know how many please. times I see this. They take a screenshot and you're like, come on. <laughs> For it's the a- sake
1: of human beings, please do that. <laughs> I cannot watch this red wave. It's depressing.
0: Yeah, and you know, it just makes everybody cringe. It's it's like misspelling a trade name, like say putting a right. big W in VMware, right? Let's say you're like, right. oh, it's, I, I'm not calling it out. because That's
1: even to-. worse. That's even yeah. worse.
0: Yeah. This is and it's funny, just like on premise and on premises. This is the assholery of tech. Is that we will be the ones that will call it out? Uh, you know, most people just try and like just get like just get through it. Let's forget that that happens. We're like, right. excuse me, you just you, there's a there's an underline under the word right in your screenshot. Why didn't you just fix that before you took the screenshot? Right. <laughs> All right, lear thank you very much. Uh, it's been a pleasure to chat as always. And uh, hey, well whether if we we may not see each other in person for a while given that we're the whole world's going on lockdown but uh (laughs) i I do hope it's been nice meeting
1: you all right but it's going to take a while
0: yeah (laughs) that's right exactly (laughs) we'll all we'll all meet from behind bubbles and and through zoom windows all right all right right, thanks thanks eric
1: bye